comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Frank A. Rincon, and this is episode 15 of Random Audio Files. Files. A few years ago, I took an improv class for fun, and I just wanted to learn more about it. Elizabeth Robinson was one of the instructors. She was not only natural at improv, but could give you solid, constructive criticism. She had a knack of making you feel better while keeping you upbeat. I decided to interview Elizabeth for my inaugural series, Working and Playing in Dallas. It was a perfect Saturday afternoon when I met Elizabeth. She lit up the restaurant when she walked in, and she was sporting a pair of mint blue Wayfarer sunglasses that only she could make look cool. Now, since it was the 4th of July, I decided I had to ask her a hard-hitting question. What does freedom mean to you? Uh, What does freedom mean to me? (laughs) I told you I was going to ask you this. No, and I I thought about it, and I, it's so hard because it's such a talked-about concept, but I think choice if I had to choose one word, it would be choice. Okay. Um, being able to make decisions, having free will. Um, I mean, I, I, even saying that, I know there are restrictions as far as like, you know, there's limit. You can't be violent with someone if that's your choice. But you know, um, choosing a major, being able to do whatever you want, um, choosing your friends, choosing yeah. who you fall in love with, um, having the freedom to do those things. That that's what it would mean to me in my personal life. Yeah. And choosing where to live. Yeah, choosing where to live. Segway. So, <laughs> did you grow up in Dallas or did you move here? I, you know, I grew up in Mesquite, just outside of Dallas. Okay. So, uh, we would come to the city frequently for shows, things like that. When I was in high school, we would drive to see uh, plays, go to the different theaters here. So, I was pretty well acquainted with it by the time I graduated high school. Now, we talked briefly about your, um, well, you said back in college you had majored in theater. Is that yeah. right? Uh-huh. I actually, I went to multiple colleges. My college career was a little wild. Um, I actually went to Commerce in East Texas for a year. Didn't, I just couldn't get used to the small town feel, nothing against the school, nothing against the people. I just, I wanted something bigger. I was still driving to Dallas on the weekends to see shows. So I was like, well, this is kind of silly. I should just be closer to where the action is. So I moved to Collin County, did theater. Um, worked a couple jobs, minimum wage jobs to get myself through, had late night rehearsals. I'd be there at midnight and I remember my professor uh, and director saying, okay, one more time and, you know, one more time on a one act play that's 30 minutes is one thing, one more time on a three hour Tennessee Williams is a little bit different. (laughs) So it was very stressful, rewarding because I loved what I was doing. It's still kind of stressful and I think as time went on, I just decided theater might not be what I want to do, this hectic lifestyle of stressed out, no sleep, not knowing where your gigs are coming from, your money, that kind of thing. So it morphed. I went to uh, El Centro and finished my associates. I went ahead and just finished with a theater performance and then switched to public affairs when I went to UTD. So I got my bachelor's in public affairs um, from UTD and then recently completed a certificate as a conflict management specialist in conflict resolution, mediation, negotiation, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it sounds so different from improv. 
which is, is, is it safe to say that that's your love? Is improv your love? Yeah, improv is definitely my love. It's it's a hobby that's kind of turned into a bit of a part-time second job. I, I am part owner with uh, Kyle Bradford, Shay Smith, and John Raleigh here in Dallas. We all make decisions for it, kind of plan shows uh, through our festival that we do every year. All of it, surprisingly enough, kind of goes together. The conflict management skills and the mediation skills definitely because an improv scene, that's what you're doing. You're reading the other people, you're trying to figure out um, how to solve problems, you're being thrown curveballs and figuring out where to take it. It's, it's odd how much it goes together. And I think that my improv training definitely helped me in my mediation classes. I was, I was fortunate enough to be asked to do a workshop in one of the mediation classes to teach them basic improv skills. It was very interesting how much they go together and how easy it was to adapt that. I would have never put those two things together. And now that you say it, yeah, that, that makes that makes perfect sense. Now, what's the name of the group that you belong to with John and stuff? It is the Alternative Comedy Theater. So that's the overall theater. And then we have lots of troops that perform within that. We have um, short form game troops that you see, um, games like on Whose Line Is It Anyway? And then we have long form troops, which just means doing longer scenes. And that can be anything from a five minute scene to a improvised uh, one act play. So 30 minutes of something you just create off a one word suggestion. Now, how did you stumble into improv? I mean, was it something maybe as a kid you thought, this seems kind of fun? I mean, what, when was the moment when you realized, I like this? You know, improv and theater are so closely related that I'd, I'd come across it before in high school and early college, and I hated improv. I loved watching it, but I hated doing it. I was like, this is stupid. Like, I, I don't enjoy it. This is ridiculous. But my best friend, uh, Colleen O'Connor, uh, was very good at improv and she was a wonderful actress and so I would go to shows with her all the time and so I knew John and I knew the guys who did improv and they were like you should just come to a workshop I'm like no that's not really for me I don't really care for it well they convinced me and I fell in love with it and now it's been six years I think since I've been doing improv um, and I still learn things all the time and I've, I've recently become friends with a lot of other groups in Dallas and the scene is growing people are starting to hear about it they know a lot more about improv, especially because um, all these people are getting famous uh, from it. So people know Amy Poehler, they know Tina Fey, uh, they know Donald Glover. And so they're looking into their backgrounds and going, oh, this is a really cool thing that is happening. We should get on board with it. Cool. You know, it, for me, it was, I guess I was never really aware of imp what improv was until uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway, which kind of, the, the British version, which... Uh, you know, when, when I saw that, I was like, this is amazing, you know, wow. And, and to think that they're that they're really just making this stuff up. But I understand it's a skill because you taught, you taught the workshop. I took two of your workshops uh, and I really learned a lot. What type of people are coming to your workshop? It's where we have everyone from actors to teachers. We have some people who, uh, they're, fortunately, they're very self-aware and they know that they could use uh, maybe a skill that helps them be more outgoing. We have uh, one of my favorite stories of a girl who was very quiet, um, very shy, and watching her over the progression of six weeks open up, you know, look other people in the eye, um, talk a little bit louder. Like that's, people are like, oh, well, that's not a big difference. And to us it is because we see people who just barrel in, they're used to being on stage, they're actors. And then you have people who are not used to this world and watching them get this sense of self-confidence 
from people agreeing with their ideas on stage and supporting them. It's amazing the transformation it can have. This girl's parents actually called us and thanked us and was uh, just discussing the impacts that she saw just from the outside. And so that's the most rewarding thing about doing improv is seeing how it helps people, not on stage necessarily, but just in their personal lives. Being in theater and stuff, I would only presume that maybe was acting one of your dreams? Have you wanted to be an actor as well? I'm sorry, actress. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I I did, and I still love it. And there are some times when I watch something, I'm like, oh, I get that itch, and I kind of would want to do that. But I'm very fortunate that improv gives me that outlet. It gives me that um, chance to explore characters and do theatricality um, without having the uncertainty of the next gig, you know, that kind of lifestyle. So um, it's a great outlet. We do have a lot of actors who hone their skills with us doing improv. Um, I had a group of women who did a one-act play. And sometimes we had shows that weren't so much comedy, but improvised dramas. And so we get to do those characters. We get to use our theater backgrounds, making up stories. Um, and we still get to have that outlet without maybe you know committing to a six-week rehearsal period and all of this good stuff. So is there as much character exploration? No. But at the same time, I probably get to play, you know, 100 characters, you know, to maybe someone's three characters a year. In your personal life, have you have you been able to uh, abuse your improv power in a way that, like in a social thing, like in dating? Have you ever been able to, I don't know, improv your way out of a bad date? No, it's so funny that you say that because I tell people when they say they can't do improv, I say, well, every conversation you've ever had is improvised. You don't walk up to someone, hand them a script, and you know know what's going to be said. Same thing with dating. It's it's a lot of teaching you how to go with the flow. And I think I'm more comfortable in social settings. It's not to say that I was ever this like hermit, but there's definitely this sense of okay, well, if it doesn't go right, I'm okay with that. I don't need it to go perfectly. I don't need it to go right because I can handle whatever is thrown at me and that's very comfortable especially in the dating world <laughs> you know I'm, I'm 28 years old um, been on the dating scene for a little bit now and it's it can be a little little awkward especially with today's outlets when people want to meet you online you're meeting friends of friends that maybe you don't know a whole lot about and that that can help you explore maybe ask good questions that really let you get to know a person you know a lot of times I know people kind of focus on having that perfect moment on a first date or, you know, make sure that, you know, it has to be perfect because this is my only chance. Best you can hope for is just a good conversation and make sure no one spills food on each other or something embarrassing like that. I, I, you know, I'm, I guess something that's I, I'm a little bit more easygoing to, I don't, I, it would take a lot for me to really discount someone on a first date because I understand like you're nervous, you're gonna say things that are a little silly, you're gonna you're gonna spill a beer. It happens. Um, I'm more okay with just going with the flow, that kind of stuff. But I think that's definitely something. I don't have a strict idea of how something should go on the date. Okay, cool. So tell me a little bit about your friends and just what you do here. You have a lot of. Uh, I mean, you have. I guess you have your improv friends and you have your non-improv friends. I mean, do they ever intermingle? Yeah, I do have people that are straddling both worlds. Um, <laughs> And it's weird because my improv friends are, they're also my real life friends. And so sometimes it's hard for people to understand that it's not just 
we don't just sit around and talk about improv all the time. <laughs> we, we, do, we, we do other things, but obviously our personalities are pretty similar since we're interested in improv and in that kind of exploratory sense of life. So I have a and d group, and it's made up of improv people, but we like that storytelling and that making up kind of, kind of lifestyle, so that's something that we do together that's not improv-related, but we all tend to gravitate towards because it's something we like in the same way. My other friends, you know, that don't do improv, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them not doing improv. They, <laughs> they, they like it. We have our own similar interests. It's just they don't do it. My work friends, it's, it's wonderful because they, they don't have um, this huge sense of what improv is, I guess. They know just from me. They haven't really experienced it themselves, but um, I don't need to talk about improv all the time. I'm comfortable not having that be my entire life. This, it's not this consuming force. I can still have friends that are not connected to the scene. And I, I enjoy that. Sometimes, you know, it gets overwhelming. Sometimes I'm like, okay, just decide this for me. Just decide it. Um, resident improv, you know, we're making it up as we go along. There's a need for both. Yeah. There's a need for both, I think, to be healthy. You play D&D? <laughs> I do play D&D. <laughs> I've just, uh, the last year and a half, maybe gotten into it. I'd always heard about it. And so I was like, guys, you have to teach me how to do this. So they all organized a game, and it's some of us from improv. We do it every other Sunday. And I would like to oppose on you just for a moment, okay? One, it surprises me. Okay, and and okay. No, no, nothing wrong with that, but when you said that, I was just like, well, I just wanted to make sure that's what you said, D and D. And uh, two, I have kind of wanting, been wanting to learn a little bit about I've always, okay, I've always had this bug where I think if I got into it, I might get way into it. So I'm always kind of careful to kind of keep a few steps back. I like to watch, but if you ever need an extra player, please consider me or because I just... I just want to learn. I don't know. I don't know how geeky I would get at it, but I just sometimes I will go to tournaments at um, comic book shops and I'll watch the guys play, and it's interesting to me. But I've never dived right into it. Now, do you have a stock character? Um, we switch characters depending on our campaigns, and so we do the traditional D and D. We've done some that's called um, Beyond the Supernatural. That was a haunting one. We did a zombie apocalypse game. So different characters for different games. Um, normally I'm a wizard of some sort, so I have the spells that I look up, uh, but this is my first time being a fighter, so I'm a female barbarian who does blade dancing. And it's funny because you roll for these different flaws that your character has. You don't get to choose them, you just you roll them and you get whatever it says. And my flaw is that I'm bitter if I'm not the center of attention. Oh. So it's very funny if I if I forget to um, complain or make myself the center of attention, our dungeon master, the guy who leads the game, will be like, Liz, remember your flaw? And I'm like, okay, I need to say something obnoxious now. <laughs> and so it's hilarious watching us kind of fight for attention and fight in these funny ways. And it's very freeing. That's something that, going back to improv, it definitely helps me be more comfortable there's this stigma about, oh, you're such a nerd if you do that. You're such a geek if you do that. Yeah. And so maybe when I was younger, there's all this pressure to, oh, not be the nerd, not be the geek. You know, I have to kind of keep it hidden. Like my good friends knew that maybe people at large didn't know how much I really like being this weird, crazy other character, how much I like reading fantasy and sci-fi novels. 
but now I'm more accepting of that. I, I've explored more, I've learned more about people and different cultures and different loves that people have and I've kind of embraced, yeah, I'm, I'm a little nerdy. I'll, I'll play some D&D and I love it. Like, these are good people I play with. I don't care if like we're all nerdy and we make stupid jokes and we post stupid pictures on our Facebook page. It's worth it. It's worth it to embrace something you love because we're a big enough city that if you want to do something and you're interested in something, you can find other people to do it with you. And if if there's not already something that exists, I bet you could create it and find people that will do it with you and create it with you. It's kind of the, the joys of being in a large but not huge city and having lots of people to interact with. Yeah. So how is Dallas as an improv hub? You know, we've gotten larger. There are uh, four groups I know of, three huge that have really been shaping the scene. I think it's been getting a lot more attention. There's us at the Alternative Comedy Theater. The victims are about to celebrate their ninth birthday this month. Oh. Um, so they've been together forever. The, the guys have been in the scene longer than that in other troops. We've been at Pocket oh, at least the six years I've been there. So it's been... And that's Pocket Sandwich Theater. Pocket Sandwich Theater. The victims had their first show there, so I know it's been since yeah, almost a decade they've been supporting us and supporting the improv scene. Um, we do shows there, we do stuff in the suburbs that's family friendly. And then there's Comedy Sports, which is franchise. So they have very fun format where it's like cage matches and they compete. Uh, there's Dallas Comedy House, which is the big one here in Dallas. So there's more for people to know about, to learn about. If you want to go to a comedy show, we can find you a comedy show. We can teach you about it. Um, there's free workshops going on. You can find stuff to do. There's meetups around town uh, where you can ask questions and maybe learn a, bit, a little bit about it. You, uh, we're not as big as Austin has a huge improv scene. They're huge. They have a ginormous festival they do over Labor Day weekend called Out of Bounds. Very happy to get to play that. Oh my gosh, it's it's a blast. And they bring in people to do you know workshops from Israel, Australia, all over wow. that you would normally not be exposed to. So it's fun to get to learn new things from people around the world. But yeah, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. So, okay, so I guess to kind of wrap things up, you, you lived in Dallas, you kind of grew up in Dallas. I know you said Mesquite, right? Uh -huh. or, but like, what's your relationship with this town? What do you, how do you see Dallas? Are you, are you proud of it? Do you think it needs work? Do you, do you think it's the greatest city in the world? I, I used to have very mixed feelings because Dallas is the only place that I've, I've lived. So a lot of my answers, I'm, I'm worried might be a little biased because I do love Dallas, I do. And I've visited a lot of other cities and there are places that I love to visit but I could never live. I, I love New York, I love going and visiting but I think I would be stressed out if I lived there. Um, I think that what we present maybe isn't always, I think we present this uppity face, this uppity culture. When you think about how people outside of Dallas view us. I don't think they see us as varied culturally as we are. Like I said, you can find things for any personality here. It's just going to take some looking. I think that if Austin is someone just out of college having fun, you know, in their early 20s, Dallas is maybe their late 20s. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, we've got a little bit more, not together, a little bit more organized. There's everything from roller derby to improv to you know if you want to have that snazzy Ritz Carlton cocktail you can there's there's every lifestyle there's every generation represented here and I think it's well balanced from what I've seen we have 
school districts uh, that my friends that have kids, my friends that are teachers. I have a lot of teacher friends that they're comfortable with, they like. I, I wouldn't be upset, you know, sending my kids to school around the Dallas area. I don't know, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm not worried about living here. Uh, like I said, I'm kind of biased, but I like Dallas. I, w I would live here the rest of my life and not, not have upset feelings about it at all. I think that's a good point to end on. So, Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time. Yay, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> and what are you doing with the rest of the afternoon? I understand you were happy we were we were in this area because... Oh, I'm going to go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> What's more American than some consumerism, right? So, I'm just, I'm adding to the concept of America today. <laughs> All right, well, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to Random Audio Files. Please drop me a line at frank at halfhourwasted.com and let me know what you think of the show. Also, be sure to check out all of our other great shows on the HHWLOD podcast network. Till next time, this is Frank. Stay cool. Stay cool.